all this time, Porter, everything you've done, everything you've said, I've heard all about. So you've made some remarks in the past about when is Papa Fritz going to be here. Papa Fritz is here. I'm with Johnny and I'm with Kelly. Kelly, how you doing? Doing pretty good, brother. All right, man. Johnny, how you doing? I'm doing good. Well, up front, we got to uh, discuss throughout the bat. This is the episode where they announced David Von Erich's death at the very end of the episode. For me, I didn't know when coming in, I didn't remember when he died. I, I knew it was coming up. I just didn't remember. And so it felt like a big sucker punch at the very end when it happened for me. Johnny and I were talking about that beforehand, but what we're going to do, we're going to discuss it. Like it's a live, what a live watch. Um, and then we'll save our thoughts for another time. Uh, and uh, talking about how they handled it. Uh, but right now we're just kind of going to do a, a live watch. So you kind of get the real reaction, uh, how you would be doing it if you were a viewer watching it live for the very first time. It opens up, and Kevin has been attacked. Ooh. And uh, this is a show we are going to review next time, right, Kelly? Well, either we've already reviewed it, or we'll review it next time. We'll see. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> okay, because this was, uh, uh, he kind of goes attacked, and they show about a bloody mess. Um, yeah. And he was a scheduled for the main event, but because he's injured, uh, David Von Erich is going to... They first they say it's Terry Gordy, but when the main event happened, it was became it's gonna be Buddy Roberts, but then it became an impromptu with Terry Gordy, so they fucked up and spoiled the surprise. In a well, way. well, no, there's even there's there's even more to that if we're gonna get to it uh, than just what happens in the main event because they're going on what happened over the weekend with the belts. Right. Uh, yeah, this was the Fort Worth the Fort Worth show that I mentioned. On the on the previous episode that they were building to the big one, yeah. So it, this opens with a shot. It, it's the funniest shot. It's just it, it's like this is Kevin Von Erich, dun dun, and he's this shot of him with his nose bleeding, looking up like duh. It's the fucking funniest still, and it, it shows his broken nose, and they explain that Mike had to replace him in the match against the Freebirds, but. During that match, Kevin ran in, caused a DQ, which gave the birds the six-man titles, which I was like, none of that makes any sense. But go fine, whatever. And then that's going to lead into what they they do it again with him running in at the end. And they've, they've now prostituted the whole entire loser leaf town angle with Mike to a great house. was a great ending. It felt like a great ending from the Michael Hayes character. Yet 
it's it almost feels it's almost akin to when Mick Foley, Cactus Jack retired and came back at WrestleMania three weeks later after he retired. It uh, it really cheapens it, and I can understand now watching it in the moment here um, why the Freebirds Von Eric still drew well. But it got, you know, didn't draw as well uh, in the second act uh, because the first, because they kind of fumbled the first act, which they ended brilliantly, and and now we have it's just utter bullshit. Uh, it's just bullshit, which you know, it's, it could be that could be a death knell for a lot of promotions. Well, it just uh, doesn't doesn't it just seem it just seems to me it just seems like they didn't really leave. Yeah. Two left for what a month? If that, when you think about it. Two of them left for a month. Buddy Roberts never left, and now they're back. That's yeah. what it feels like, at least yeah. to me. Yeah. Wasn't Gordy supposed to be gone for a year after the Christmas yeah. show? Yeah. I think and then how did they how did they hand wave that away? Yeah, I don't know. They no, they they no, they explain this. It they do. On this episode, they hand fistedly explain this. It all has to do with the six man titles and right. the goddamn NWA. And them agreeing, the Von Erichs, they finally explained that the Von Erichs basically agreed, okay, they could come back and wrestle in Texas because we want those fucking belts because they won't let us use the claw in Georgia. And that permitted all the Freebirds to come back and didn't, so it didn't matter the actual days uh, that they were supposed to be gone. So that's, that's how they explained it. Again, bullshit. Um, we get a great, uh, actually a, a good match they used for their uh, uh, throwback match, which was the Garvin match, the Avenger uh, match angle. Uh, which So that's a good way to refresh people's minds on the Garvin Adams feud. So uh, when, when, when you do that, I think that actually makes sense in a way uh, to refresh people on big angles that are going on with a hot feud. So that, that actually kind of worked for me. Uh, what about you guys? What about you, Kelly? Yeah, that's the hottest feud in the territory right now. So, yeah, keep highlighting it. Keep milking it. I'm fine with that. What about you, John? Yeah, that's fine. It, 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 I just thought it was funny because I mean, Bill Murray was like, boy, you're in for a surprise. We're going to show you a surprise that we already showed you once before. But, yeah, it, it, but, it's yeah a great mo- but it's a great moment. So if you're going to rerun something, you know, that was one of the great moments on the show. So good choice. Then we get Super Destroyer 1. Oh, versus Johnny Mantell minus his singlet. Mm. And, you know, you talk about how they're trying to speed up the product and go yeah, store yeah, yeah. Here oh. we got a, no, we, we didn't get our normal 10 <laughs> minute draw. We got our 15 minute fucking draw. Oh, this was the And this worst. was rough. I mean, yeah, I mean, you, I mean, admittedly, both guys are a pair of pros, but it's almost like in the 80s when you tell guys, hey, you're going 15 minute Broadway. It's fucking boring uh, for for a lot of these guys, and uh, and because it, it's like, hey guys, go out and have a holding pattern, and that's exactly what they're fucking doing here. Uh, Kelly, why don't you talk us through this this fucking <laughs> boring fucking thing? I've stared at holding patterns while on acid that entertained me more than this. <laughs> by the way, <laughs> yeah, this was this was pretty bad. Um, We've talked about the the sh- the shine epidemic that's hit Dallas and it's infecting other baby faces. It's infected Johnny Mantel. He goes on quite a long shine at the beginning of this one. And I want to bring up something that Mercer mentions because he mentions 
Billy Kanitsky is yes. coming into the territory. He's coming in. He's going to actually stay around for quite a while into 1985. Friends but, with, um, yeah. Just, yes, exactly. Yeah. Fritz, um, Fritz and uh, Gene were good buddies. And Gene wrestled in Dallas a lot in uh, his prime. So that's where it was. That's where that connection was. But yes, Billy Kanitsky, uh, of course. So yeah, this is a snoozer. Bear hugs. Okay, so here's where my microphone fucking died, and I wasn't smart enough to realize I could just use the microphone on my laptop, and, you know, it's not great quality or anything, but it's it's good enough, and that's what I've been using on podcasts ever since. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm truly low-tech here in 2020. Anyway, so I'm pretty much done for the rest of this episode. Uh, other than maybe briefly coming back at the end, but I will um, make some comments about the whole David Von Erich um, death announcement by Bill Mercer at the end of the show. So yeah, at the very end, I'll come back and I'll chime in on that because I have a few things I want to get off my chest. And now back to your regularly scheduled programming. Can't tell it's you know it's boring. This is boring. Like he's working the arm. Both guys are pros, so you know they're exchanging holds. And Mantell takes I mean a really long shine where they they actually enjoyed and they actually uh, teased not one but two super D heat segments that all that Mantell reverses and re- regains control within seconds. Um, and that that's the only thing I thought they did a really good job was that crisscrossing. The thought, oh, going into the heat, but good God, this thing felt very, very long and felt in 15 minutes. It wouldn't have shocked me, but it was really 45 minutes. It felt long and boring, and I, I don't blame the wrestlers. They were put in, like, here, go out and do 15-minute Broadway, and it's like you can't do anything to get over. It was just, here, Matt, Matt wrestle. It was boring. This was so fucking boring. I hate. I hated this match so much. I was outside watching this uh, the other night, taking notes, and the wind really picked up, and it was getting like oh, those chilly spring uh, nights. And I was like kind of really tired from work, and I'm, oh, you know, just I like to sit out here and watch the wrestling and have a beer and smoke, but this wind hit me and this match hit me to the point I, my mind was going elsewhere and I just wrote down, this sucks. And I turned it off and went back to it the next night. And I went back into the house, into my warm room and watched scrubs reruns because this match was the shit. Ugh. It, it the number one, number one, <laughs> Too bad Kelly is not here to. to <laughs> no, I don't know. I'm, no, I'm sorry. This is you. You're the big fan. Uh, Bill Mercer called John Johnny Mantel one of the elite wrestlers in the world. And I'm like, okay, that's he's passable, but elite. That's, that's a bit too much. Uh, but Akbar gets in a great line. He call, he's calling Mantel 
chicken farmer. Ah, come on, chicken farmer. Which good. it's great because it's true. I mean, right? Yeah. He's, he's from Monte County, you know, apparently. And his brother, John uh, Ken, raises fighting birds, remember? That yeah. was his thing. So, there, yeah, he is a fucking chicken farmer. I'm like, oh, that's what he looks like. From now on, he's every, – every time I try to come up with what he looks like, be it a plumber or electrician, it's actually chicken farmer. So we'll just stick with that. And – he called Mercer calls one of the moves a super body flying slam. I was like, okay, what? I don't even know what it was. Oh, yeah, what that even describes. I, I don't that. even know. I don't remember what it was, but that's what he called it. It, was a punch. it sucked. It might have been. <laughs> yeah, God, this sucked. Ugh. This took all the joy out of I stopped. I had to stop watching this. This was so bad and come back to it later. Yeah, it was really bad is, you know, clearly they should never have the Destroyers work back-to-back singles matches. I hate that. I always hated that. Yeah. And now it's just like, oh, God. And, and I mean, you know, the yeah, is a different wrestler, but he looks identical. Uh, and this guy now is working Iceman Parsons. And this was a weird fucking match because, you know – the Detroiters are part of the angle that burnt Iceman Parsons, okay? This should have been like a hate-filled fucking brawl. Um, but, and, but man, this was just weird. Uh, Parsons worked more on working holds. Yeah. And he, and he controlled most of the match. When number two was on offense, then we got some aggressiveness that matched, at least try to match the angle where they burned Iceman, because it should be personal. But, man, it, again, it, it missed the mark because Iceman was working at, like, you know, the boring fucking TV match that's going to gonna, with a – they ain't going anywhere. And uh, and it missed, missed, and I misunderstood what they were trying to do. What uh, what about you, man? What do you think of this? Uh, um, first of all, they uh, they announced next week uh, Ric Flair versus the American champion Chris Adams. I was like, ooh, is that? The-? I know that match. I remember that match on the um- spoiler because obviously he wins the belt back somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's it. Well, okay, I was about to get into this again with who holds what belt. Yeah. Okay. World class phenomena that we have, but first of all, I rem- that's I remember that match. That. Oh, that that stands out to me. I I went to bat for that with, in an argument one time. What was one of the, someone was like, "Yeah, that match is okay." I was like, "That match is masterful. It's a masterful performance." It takes some flair, but also uh, he uses Chris Adams' stuff. The only yeah. thing you could argue about it was, it was there was some like mistiming of stuff, but. But it, but it didn't hurt me. I love the match. No, well, the, the, well, real quick, the story behind it is oh well, we're gonna talk about it next week. So, but yeah, oh, but that Ric Flair's. I don't even know who the fuck this kid is. Is the story, and then he gets taken to the limit by someone he doesn't know. It's, oh, yeah. it's great stuff. Um, but Mercer's talking about the rivalry between Iceman and Devastation Incorporated. He, he compares it to, it's like Dallas and Green Bay, that old rival, rivalry that goes into many, many sports. It's like, no, one. There's only one. There's there's not many 
sports rivalries between Dallas and Green Bay. There's it's only one. one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> There's Green Bay only has one Dallas team. and Green Bay a rivalry, honestly. Uh, yeah, or that I've never really heard that is a huge rivalry. No, I mean, Chicago and Green Bay, yeah. Minnesota mm. and Green Bay, yeah. Dallas yeah. and Green Bay, Green Bay is a big fucking stretch. Dallas, Philadelphia, you yeah. Know. Dallas, Philly, Dallas Giants, Dallas Redskins. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, then uh, I spent uh, one of his chops, and Mercer goes, whack. There is the Iceman whacking on Super D number two. <laughs> and then he exploded all over him. <laughs> he's watching a porno. He's, he's whacking. He's watched plenty of, uh, of apartment wrestling. He's, oh, man. There was a, I laughed so hard when he said whacking off. <laughs> I'm because at heart I am a 13 year old boy. <laughs> yes, you are. Oh, that made me laugh. Don't let anyone tell uh, you. And he, then he says he's one of the super D's. I was beating up the ice man. He's like he's here. <laughs> Jesus, speaking to me. Okay, no, I'm sorry. I'm an eight year old boy because this made me laugh. He said he's here to collect his duty from the ice man. <laughs> <laughs> his duty. <laughs> Oh boy! And then we get the Von Erich segment. Yeah, man, talk about it because Oof, I'm taking a breath before talking about this. Fucking mucking up everything, and David, it felt like was like was like the cleaner <laughs> and was cleaning everything fucking up that Carrie fucked up. What? <laughs> or he, he was legitimately getting angry at Carrie because Carrie kept interrupting. Yeah. <laughs> was- and then. And then he'd fuck up the, uh, he'd fuck it up. Uh, <laughs> David would clean it up. And then Carrie would then repeat kind of what David said, but, just, but not <laughs> Yeah, it was hilarious. It's hilariously bad. Because uh, it even brings David down. David's normally a great promo. It brings yeah. David down because it doesn't matter what he's trying to do because his idiot brother over here is constantly interrupting him. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> David has the worst haircut of his life. Yes, David does not look threatening at yeah. all. He's Dutch boy David. Oh, boy, imagine having to go out with a haircut like that. Oof, that's yeah, terrible. Yeah, the little Lloyd Fauntleroy hairdo, John. Yeah. yeah. Me, and, <laughs> me and Bill Irwin go to the same barber. Uh, they, uh, they they mentioned the whole thing about the NWA and the Freebirds and the Claw, blah, blah. And but so David's like, well, Bill, see, the Claw is a very important part of our attack, but it is the only part of our attack. And then I'm like, okay. And then they're talking, well, what happened to Kevin? And Carrie's like, Kevin had to take a phone call from a Japanese magazine. And, but we had to go to a, f- a f- fan club meeting. Fan club meeting. Yeah, fan club meeting. And, and when we came back, Kevin was all fucked up. <laughs> He's so bad. <laughs> He's hilariously awful. And Kevin's like, and David's all like, yeah, yeah. They're, they're trying to describe a concussion. It was crazy. You know, he's bloody. He didn't know who I was and didn't know who I was. And he didn't know what anybody was, you know. And finally, is you know, we don't know what was happening. He just, he just went there. He didn't even recognize us. And finally, Billy goes, it sounds like a concussion. And they cut him off. Oh, well, he just didn't know. We, we don't talk about it. We don't get concussions. 
<laughs> they, they show Kevin, Kevin on the attack all bloody. It's a great scene. Yeah. He hits David. Bam, he hits David. And this is the way to try to explain. He had a concussion. So that's why he hit his brothers. And I was like, nope, Kevin Von Erich had an excuse to stiff his own family. And he that's took the hell out of Mike. Oh, yeah. He whacked Mike and he whacked David. Like, oh, boo! That was for fucking my, my Harley race match, you fucking asshole. Boom! <laughs> <laughs> Boom! Mike, that's for getting in this fucking business. You got no business being in this business. Boom! He's just. <laughs> any excuse for him to stiff somebody, Kevin Von Eric will take it. And that's why I. Hell yeah. Favorite wrestlers. Oh, boy. Uh, and. And it was all, oh, it was awesome. And then, uh, it, but Carrie just keeps interrupting David to the point where I th- David almost turns over at him and is like, "Shut the fuck up!" <laughs> and more or less, he interrupts him back to 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 be quiet and try to go home on the point of the promo. And he does, and then Carrie has to get in his two cents at the end, which made no sense. Yeah. Uh, this was amazingly bad. Yeah, this is Russell crap. But I feel so bad for David. And now knowing, especially knowing, yeah. he died. This is what did it. This is what did it. Yeah, on the edge. He needs a fuck. And I, I'm sorry, I'm not going to go there. Uh, <laughs> this is an overdose. <laughs> I mean, shit. No, it was this. It was. It was. It was recording this promo. That's what fucking took yeah, him out. Put him over the edge. Oof. He needed something to calm his nerves. It was his blood pressure with dealing yeah. with his idiot brother trying to get this is this is the 86 take, Carrie. <laughs> it's 86. I'm fucking exhausted. My stomach hurts. Oh, Can we get through this? Jesus Christ. Holy shit. <laughs> and but we also think we got here though, which was ended up becoming like a shoot in a way. Is David mentions the turmoils as the next older brother? It's yeah. time for me to step up, and this is a, this was a concern because Kevin felt because he was the older brother, he should have gotten the shot at Ric Flair at the Prada Champion, uh-huh. and that was like a shoot thing. It wasn't a, you know, it's not behind the scenes upset. It was just, he felt he was the one who should have because of the older brother, but obviously his father had different. Uh, Opinions on who was going to be the chief. oh okay I see I didn't I didn't get that take from that but I completely understand it because it's I just Kevin yeah. mentioned like he felt like he should have yeah the- I under I see that I see that now because what he says was because Carrie starts off like well here's what I'm gonna do and David's like listen motherfucker I'm the next oldest here's what I'm gonna do yeah and I uh, I didn't know that might have had a shoot element to it so yeah, but, yeah that's cool well, I think again yeah, that's what it turn in especially now that he's death it makes it even more timely uh-huh. Kevin mentions it uh uh i remember it was like doing some sit down thing he says he felt like he let the family down because that's the oldest he felt he should have got the shot at flair to event in honor of david Harry. Hmm. should we bring in kelly back in or well we got uh david versus buddy i mean you want to talk oh, about, the match? about that and then okay I mean, right. we want to talk about the match and then... Yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. Okay. Then we get this great setup, honestly. Um, and, and before, and when I'm reviewing this, remember, everyone, this is before I knew David had died. I, 
I, I, I thought this was a great, great piece of business. I don't know. Here's the thing. I don't know why we're, we, we're apologizing for this. We're just not knowing. We didn't know. I don't know. You, 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 I don't know. It's almost like a pop. I don't know why. If it's no, still, there's no need. Yeah, he really isn't. It's there's almost, no need. Like you want to make sure everyone, like, I don't know, maybe because, hey, I know it's a terrible thing. A man died, and I'm excited, but I got excited about this final piece of business. It's almost like you're just fine. You're trying to like explain. I, I'm a wrestling fan, but I I don't know. Wait, anyone anyone listening to this knows that, that David Von Erich died, and yeah. we just got to it. That's the, how is how we discovered it. It's you know it, it's not it's not new news. You know it, it's fine. It, it, we can just like oh this is when this happens, huh? You know, and we don't have to. This is a spoiler alert for those of you listening to this show. I mean, everyone knows that this. is this is ancient history. It's not, it's okay. Yeah. Okay. So we get, it says announces David Von Eric versus Buddy Roberts, Mike and Carrie and David's corner, Hayes and Gordy and Roberts cornering corner, corner. But uh oh, Terry Gordy takes off his members only jacket. <laughs> and all he has on is he's wearing his boots and his, and his jeans, his Wranglers. And he replaces Roberts. And this match is exactly what it needed to be. Big time fight, fists a flying, all action sprint, back and forth, big bombs being thrown, ends up breaking down, freaking great piece of business. The heels get beat down. Um, Kevin's out. It's a good, good segment. Also helps Mike because he's beating the hell out of Hayes with his boot. Fucking great, great piece. I mean, honestly, it's like it might have gone five minutes, but it felt like it was like a five-star segment because it was so heat-filled, tremendous heat, all action, and it was two, two, the two big, big, big boys just throwing bombs at each other and bumping for each other. It was a great give-and-take, five-minute brawl that breaks down and really emphasizes the hate that these six men have for each other. And then Kevin's out, out on blood. This was fucking fan freaking tastic. What do you think about this segment, man? I I loved it. Is it was a fucking riot. That's uh, I wrote down. It's a fucking riot. Now, granted, we were we were kind of goofing on or going, Ugh, boy, here's how they, you know, got out of this. Really, wasn't the end of the feud. It wasn't the end of the feud as much as I thought. It's a funny. I just it was expecting it this to be an end of the feud for a while. And yeah. it just, it wasn't, that just wasn't, you know, so that's on me, you know, for just not knowing. I assumed it was, it, no, this was you know, just, just another fucking angle. Uh, what, two months, maybe? That's, yeah. not, that's not a lot of time. Uh, where it was Christmas, you know, Thanksgiving night and Christmas night where they both guys lost, lose, or leave town. Yeah, yeah, that's not really that long. You know, that, that that's. That's not this. Oh, and then they went to this territory. You know, I'm sure they'd work some dates, but no, they were right back. Uh, but yeah, it was a fucking riot, and I loved it. Bloody Kevin coming in, motherfuckers, and ter- as soon as it came, well, you're gonna substitute because so and so can't. Re- Kevin can't wrestle. We're gonna substitute Carrie, right? And they're like against Buddy. And uh, Buddy is like, well, they're like, fine, we're gonna substitute Terry, and they're like, fine, and he. He comes in in his fucking jeans and boots, and that's when I went, okay, this is going to get good. And then it was just a fucking riot. Beat the shit out of each other. Bloody Kevin jumps in, and 
you know, to, if, if you want to re-spark this war, this is a pretty damn good way to re-spark the war. Yeah, it you didn't know? feel like a few that was dead, you know? No, but here's, <laughs> but, here's but, but here's the problem. Here's the only problem. Because you know who came to the rescue and clean house? Mike Von Erich, and that was ridiculous. <laughs> it was. I will say, this is my take. I go, it made Mike a star, but, it, 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 but the dividends aren't going to pay off in the long run. And end up, uh, and end up helping helping the man die in a way. Actually, uh, well, uh, Mike, uh, Mike Von Erich coming in, swinging fists or swinging a chair or whatever the fuck. He, yeah, if he had a chair, maybe I would buy it. But I think he just came in and cleaned house. And I was like, ah, I don't know. About that. The it was the boot. Yeah, that was it. It was the boot. And you know, but if he had some talent, this would have been a great segment to help him get over. Uh, no, if he looked threatening, it was. Yeah. <laughs> That's just it. He's he's showing a lot of fire and he's swinging that fucking cowboy boot, but he doesn't look yeah, threatening you know, at all. Like to see him at the library as a librarian, or, hmm. or 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 you know, an usher at a church or something. You know, you know, he's no, he hangs out with Richie Cunningham, and he's a pretty yeah. big guy. You know, he plays on the team. He's on the basketball team. You know, he's an athlete, but you know, he's yeah, he's Richie he, Cunningham. Yeah, he's he's the he's the Richie of the Von Erics. Okay, yeah. God, which one's the Potsy? <laughs> Who knows? It's got to be David because uh, Kevin's the Ralph Mouth. <laughs> okay, Kevin's Ralph Mouth. Okay. Yeah, I'm just trying to funny. I don't know. You tell us, listeners. Anyway. Yeah, this segment didn't work because well, whatever. Because uh, we well, it's a way to to transition to uh. So at this point in the review, we get to the very last segment, and when we were recording this, I was brought back to comment on the final segment, which is Bill Mercer announcing David Von Erich's death, but my microphone was fucked and it it just didn't work, so I've edited that out, and so we'll start here. Um... Yeah, basically, you get the whole show, and David Von Erich was in the main event against Buddy Roberts, and presumably they went to a commercial break, and they come back, and then you get Bill Mercer announcing David Von Erich, who had just appeared five minutes earlier on the show, had died. And this was, I think, taped... Probably a day or maybe two days after David died. And this aired, according to the WWE Network, on February 11th. And David died on February 10th. So the turnaround was was super fast. And I'll save my thoughts for the very end. You're going to get... Pete and Johnny, without me talking about it, talking about this segment or this announcement at the very end of the show, and they give their thoughts on how it was handled, and then I'll be back at the very end of the show to provide my thoughts for the for, um, about this whole thing with uh, the announcement of David's death. I don't know. I didn't think it. I, I didn't even think about the fact that he just wrestled because I was just surprised. 
I was like, what? It's this up. To me, it felt like it should have been given out to all the front, maybe. I can understand. I mean, you know, it's, it's so easy to make this, to judge it in hindsight. Because, you know, part of you, you don't want to, you know, make a bummer of your audience. Hey, look, David Von Eric died the opening of the show. Um, should they have edited the angle off? I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it's tough. Um, but I, the, the way they handled it really felt, I don't know. It, it felt clandestine. Well, okay, there's, like I said, there's a lot, like we were talking off mic, there's a lot to break down with how it was handled. But in this moment that on this show where it cuts to Bill Mercer, dark room, there's Bill Mercer, and he's got his solemn voice. You know, this is a little different. This is what he used at the JFK uh, when he covered the JFK assassination because uh, he's, you know, he, he's in a dark voice, and he announced Steve. It's, it's got a lot of gravitas, and it's heavy. You know, like, holy shit. Yeah. Uh, why they tacked it on there, what if they even thought about you know, the fact that there was a David match, I don't know. It seems like it, they were all probably in shock and everything just worked out the way it did. I, I, I'm willing to give Fritz a pass on this one. <laughs> to be perfectly honest, I know, he, you know, this kind of scumbagger. We'll, we'll get into it. This just took me by surprise. And maybe I, I thought about it more. I could, or knew more about like, well, you know, was he told not to put it there, but he did anyway? Who knows? But th- what I, I mentioned to you off mic, this is what it felt like to me, and then we can I think, wrap this up. And then well, and also think about it. This might ahead. have been the first death ever. Yeah, right? How do you do it? How do you do it? This isn't fucking, you know, how do you, how do you announce that one of the fucking wrestlers died, he, especially the son of one of the promoters? How do you announce that on... Uh, the, baby face, your big three are the we're brothers, you know? Yeah. yeah. On this fictional program. Yeah, it's a, it's a fictional. It, this is all pretend. This is this is this is an acting troupe you're watching. How do we? How how is it done? You know, it, it's, they had to, of course, but I mean, mo- most of the other places didn't. <laughs> if a fucking wrestler died, they'd be just like, oh, just he's not around anymore. You know, but it was few and far between back then. Uh, but what it felt like to me was the, epi- the that episode of Mash where Colonel Blake gets to go home. And Henry, you know, gets to go home, and it's a great episode. And and, and he flies away, yeah, in the helicopter, and it's great. And then it comes like back from commercial or the, or the very end, and they're in the operating theater, and Radar walks in with a shocked look on his face, uh, without a mask on. Like Radar, put on a mask, and he reads the letter that announces that Henry's chopper was shot down over the Sea of Japan, and there were no survivors, and. The way they filmed that is they didn't tell the cast. They got them all together. Said we're going to shoot one more scene. They gave the they just just react to it, and they gave Gary Berghoff the lines right before he had to go in to learn them. So that was all like a real emotional thing. I remember seeing that as a kid, and it like knocked my socks off. Like what the fuck? That's what this felt like. It came out of nowhere. Because I didn't know. I didn't know that. I was thinking during the show. I was like, when does David pass his, I think, relatively soon? And then, boom, it happened on the show. Yeah, I totally forgot. I just knew it was coming up soon. But I didn't I didn't put. I didn't even think about it being this episode. And I really was. I was on a euphoria. Like, I was going to be gushing about this match and this angle. Yeah. And I, then I, I get what? that notice and I felt, oh, God. And I felt yeah. like you take a shower. And, uh, uh, oh. Because you're like, 
you're so happy you're out of this euphoria. I mean, it's just like a drug almost. Like if you're just excited at what you saw, you got caught up in the action of what was going on with TV, particularly David. And all of a sudden, it's like the you know the the chairs kick out from under you. The, you get punched in the stomach. You uh-huh. feel over, and it's almost like or you feel dirty because you're so excited about it. And then all of a sudden, it's like. But I don't know how I, how you did, it was very hard to, uh, yeah. to uh, digest it. Yeah, or or you could be like me, who was so uh, fucking stoned and out of it that I didn't even put two and two together and realize I just watched a David match <laughs> before they announced it. I was like, huh? <laughs> well, I wasn't there, so. <laughs> But yeah, I think your point of that, how do you handle something that's never been done before is very valid. But Yeah, yeah. it's not like it's, you know, the WWE had at points and learned uh, uh, through it and and actually become, a, they actually have a playbook on how to handle that shit now. Uh, in 1984, there was no playbook. This They were trying to create a play. They're doing their own playbook. And uh, it's, it's totally different. Yeah, and, and and we'll get into it on another episode, but boy, did Fritz, Fritz's playbook, well, not a good one. No. <laughs> not, not, a, not a good playbook. <laughs> yeah, it definitely uh, makes the term wrestler. Wrestling industry is full of scumbags, and and Carney's is the epitome of how Fritz handled it. Uh, we're, we're there. We're, we, you know what? It's 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 a shame that Kelly had issues with his mic, but we'll we'll get into it. But here's the thing: since we started this project, we've been we haven't really experienced any of that, any of the the bullshit, anything more than just typical wrestling bullshit. the The famous stuff is starting to happen now. It's the intro intro yep. of Mike in the ring, at the same time as David passing, and that's when oh boy. We're yeah, off to, we're off to the races now. Yeah, Pandora's uh, box is open. You yep, know? exactly. Oh, that's very good. Exactly. Yeah. But that's my best think, Bill Mercer friend. Yeah. No, Bill, Mer- Bill Mercer would have said something wrong. It would have been yeah, like, he would have said Pandora's box. Yeah, Zandora's uh, Zandora's crate. <laughs> Zandora's crotch. Yeah, uh, there you go. Exploded. Well, exploded all over me. Well, on that note, everyone have a great day. And uh, uh, we'll there he is. He's coming uh, back. Hold on. Wait, hold on. Kelly might make a return. Back? Let me just say, Here we say go. one last thing about the David Here we go. thing. Yeah. So, yeah, I knew it was coming. So that tainted my opinion of, of his match that evening. I still think they could have edited that off. I just think, well, okay, yeah. I mean, it was, they didn't have much time, but just in hindsight, in retrospect, it just looks horrible. They have a David match, and then they announce he's dead. Like they knew he was dead, right before they put the show out. So, anyway, that's my take on the whole thing. We'll, we'll talk about it later. Hmm? Would you announce? Oh, at the beginning, I would have just edited off everything involving David just for this episode. I just and another thing, just think about it. We already had a uh, a flashback match. Um, what would you have done? Would you, I mean, you have no other... Yeah, they, no. no, they could have I had other flashback matches. I just... So that I don't know. You know. That's just my gut opinion that you can't have a match with David and then... Well, this is a debate that's going to have to continue at another time, I think, yeah, everybody. You know, 
yeah, we'll be a debate. I don't have a problem with them showing a David match. I think they should have announced David passed away and then they show the match uh, as like kind of like in honor of them. Yeah. Who knows? Like I said, who knows? But who knows? You know, dirty. Yeah. Be more upfront about it. I think would have would have been better. And like, here's the final, and here's David's final. You know, announce the death, and like, this is David's final match. Rip. I know. I I sort of understand. This is the show we have in the can. What the fuck happened? Shit. We have to do it. When do we put the announcement? At the beginning? No. We got we got to do it at the end. I I I, 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 I don't know. This one doesn't bother it bother me as much as what come, comes up. I think all three of us have different takes on this. Uh, yeah, this it's very yeah. Believe me, we're gonna get to a point where we're gonna agree on every shitty thing. But this exactly. is this, this one's I think you know, so, I'm, so, I'm shades so, of gray on this one. Yeah, exactly. For me, Johnny Kelly and Kelly's shitty ass microphone have a freaky great week, and hopefully Kelly will get his technical difficulties fixed. And oh, we'll bring you back. Don't text yeah, shame him. Sir. See you later. Okay, so I'll close out the show by just going over my thoughts on the announcement of David's death at the end of the show and basically what I would have said if my microphone hadn't died and was able to have the conversation with the boys. So my thoughts on this, unlike Pete and Johnny, I was aware going into this program that it was going to end with Mercer announcing David Von Eric's death. I think it was months ago when I started to wonder, like I knew the date of David's death was early February. I may have even knew it was February 10th off the top of my head. So I knew we were coming close to that date. Um, But this was several months ago, maybe even a year ago when it struck me that I I wanted to know how it was handled on TV and, and when this was happening. So I went and checked on the network and discovered that this episode, the February 11th, 1984 world-class show had the announcement at the end and that was how it was addressed. But I didn't know the content of the the episode and everything that led up or that preceded the announcement. So I went into this watching it, knowing that it was going to end with the announcement. And then as it was going on, I realized, oh, they're still talking about David. David's going to be wrestling on this show. There's an interview with David and Carrie Von Erich before the main event and at the time I watched this I I was just kind of disgusted that there was no effort at all to edit out any of David's um, appearances on this show the interview and then the match and you know my feeling was like how can you do a show where the main event is David Von Eric versus Buddy Roberts and for people watching at home that had no idea that David was dead remember this was only a day after David died 
it may have been reported in the papers that morning. I'm not sure how quick the um, story made it to the papers in Texas. I know Meltzer's written that at first the reporting of the death was, you know, kind of saved for the back pages and for a little blurb and it wasn't a big deal. But then once the papers realized how popular wrestling was and how hard a lot of people were taking this, especially the younger fans, that then it became a front page story probably, you know, five days to a week later. So anyway, you're watching the show and you're a big fan of wrestling and you don't know that David's already dead as you're watching this and you see him in the main event and then you come back from commercial and then Mercer announces that David had died. I just felt that how can you show a match and not let anyone know that he's dead before showing the match and then come back afterwards and it's like, oh, yeah, the guy who just wrestled in the main event, by the way, he's dead. Of course, that's not what Mercer said, but that was the feeling I got. Pete argued that the announcement should have been made at the top of the show. And at the time when I, uh, when we were recording and I tried to give my thoughts, my opinion was that the, everything involving David should have been edited off completely. It just, it's just too, it's in bad taste to have the guy who's dead wrestle on the show that you announce his death on. That's my opinion. I, I'm going to stick to that. I think it should have been handled that way. I know it was a, you know, they had to make a very quick decision because he died basically the day that the two shows in the territory would air. One would air on the Saturday and one would air on the Sunday. And David died, I believe it was the Friday. So you had the next two days were when the next um, programs were going to air, the Fort Worth show and then the Sportatorium show that we've been reviewing. So they didn't have much time to prepare anything. But yeah, I, I personally, I just... I, I'll, I'll stick to it that I think this just wasn't handled properly having David featured so heavily on the show and then you just announce his death at the end um, I know I mean I'm not part of the family I'm not part of any inner circle or close to anyone or friends with any of the people that were involved in, or, or you know any of the Von Erics so it's easy for me to say maybe that what I could what should have been done but that's just my gut and I want to go into just a few little details we're going to be doing a full-on David tribute in three weeks when they air the David tribute episode on the world-class show. Um, and that's in three weeks. So when we review that episode, we'll do a full-on David tribute and go into more of the details surrounding his death and, and how it was handled immediately afterwards and and all that stuff. And then our thoughts, of course, on David as a wrestler, as a performer, and we'll maybe even watch some of his uh, greatest hits and, and talk about those matches. But I just wanted to give a few notes. This TV taping for the show that we just reviewed, it was taped on February 3rd, 1984, and then David died a week later. So they had a lot in the can already. He... 
also wrestled Michael Hayes on this taping for, I believe it was the NWA United National title, which is a title used in Japan. And David was, of course, going to Japan right after he was done um, a few more matches in the territory. And that's, of course, where he passed away was in Japan. So they had this plan that he would win a Japanese title and then they would show it on TV, I guess, in Japan. And probably they would have shown it on um, world-class TV too. But that match never made air after, um, after he passed away. And he had four more matches in the territory. David did after the, after the taping on the third, including um, a match against Ric Flair the next day in San Antonio, February 4th. And I believe his last match in the territory was February 6th against The Missing Link. And that match is actually on YouTube if you're curious. He made it to Japan and I think immediately kind of checked into his hotel and then went out to eat and and went home and, and died that night. He didn't even wrestle a single match in Japan that he was, he was booked on a tour. He died almost basically the day... Uh, the morning or the evening um, overnight um, just after he got to Japan. So, yeah. So, those are my thoughts. We'll be talking a lot about this in the future. Obviously, it's going to dominate the discussion for the next few episodes, I'm sure. And then, like I said, we're going to do a full-on David tribute in approximately three weeks. Okay, before I sign off, I just wanted to uh, talk about a couple more things. First and foremost, I want to tip my hat to Peter Winson and the great Greetings from Allentown podcast that is um, going to be leaving the pro wrestling only feed as of uh, next week. So this week is the last episode for Greetings from Allentown on our feed. But it's not the last episode for the podcast. Pete's going to keep it going. And he has his own feed, the Greetings from Allentown feed. So subscribe to that if you haven't already, because he does extra stuff that hasn't been posted on PWO. I've said it numerous times. I said it to Peter that, you know, Greetings from Allentown's the best wrestling podcast out there such a fun show he's done 170 episodes and it he he's rarely ever missed a week it's 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 just a really great show and you know it, it's he's it, this was his decision to leave he says um he wants to open up a spot for a new podcast and yeah lord knows the feed has become quite crowded in the last couple months and yeah so he's he's going on and he's going to explore some new things I think and I wish him the best of luck I hope he keeps doing the show it's such a great show and it's it's my favorite podcast it's the only one that I listen to immediately pretty much as soon as it drops so yeah good luck with everything Peter and it's been a pleasure having you on the feed and lastly you know not to end things on a total downer with talking about David's death and 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 podcasts leaving the feed and all that. I I've been reading the 
Wrestling Observer Newsletter from 2006, a specific issue in 2006, that um, Meltzer wrote about the history of world class during the time that uh, we've been covering on the show. And I mentioned this on the previous episode, and it was it coincided with the re- release of the world class uh, Heroes of World Class Wrestling uh, Championship Wrestling documentary that came out in 2006 and so i was referring to this lately because he he goes into depth um Meltzer goes in depth about david's death and and everything surrounding that and to end on a on a on a happy note i stumbled upon this little nugget of info in the in the write-up by Meltzer in 2006 talking about world-class wrestling in the early 80s. And I, I, I mentioned this on the previous episode that I had an untold story of uh, Bugsy McGraw's time in the territory. And this goes back to, mm, I guess it was the summer of 1982, and there was this one episode where Bugsy had become a babyface by this point and was getting increasingly more wacky with his uh, behavior and, and what he was wearing and stuff. And suddenly... On this one episode, he was accompanied to accompanied to the ring by Roscoe the Clown, who was, you know, we, at the time we had no idea who this was. It was the one and only appearance of Roscoe the Clown, basically as like a sidekick or mascot for for Bugsy, dressed up like a um, like a rodeo clown, um, but also with kind of like wacky. I think he had wacky goggles on or something, and. We, I, I remember looking up at the time who, who was this Roscoe who was playing Roscoe and I didn't know it was only going to be a one-off appearance and then of course you know I forgot about it but then uh, I stumbled upon this info in the, in the Meltzer write-up and he revealed the identity of Roscoe the Clown and Roscoe the Clown was none other than Mickey Grant who at this time was the producer of the TV show um, often credited as, as kind of the man with the vision behind world-class TV and the look and how they change things with the presentation, and which became very influential and influenced, of course, the WWF later. So the story goes that this was the only appearance of Mickey Grant in front of the camera and the only time Roscoe the Clown appeared on TV and this was because after Fritz saw the segment, Fritz von Erich saw the segment, he told Mickey Grant that he would shoot him with his 12-gauge if he ever put himself on camera again. So there you go. That's the story of why there was only one Roscoe the Clown appearance. And yes. <laughs> so there. There's a little, little something to put a smile on your face. Maybe. <laughs> Although it's about... Fred's threatening somebody with a gun, so maybe it wasn't as uh, wasn't as much of a happy story as I thought it was. Anyway, that's all I've got today, folks. Till next time. Good night. <laughs>